name is Amelia and I am the River Kids or the Children's Program Director here at the River. We are currently in a sermon series called Understanding the Bible Through Jesus. The pandemic caused us to lose parts of our lives that we took for granted. Hugging, uh, dining with friends, going to church, to the movies, or birthday parties. It's as if our world has lost a bit of color. But with vaccination, hopefully, we're starting to get our world back. With that in mind, I'd like to talk today about how we can live with all our senses, our colors, and all the dimensions of who we are. Not just to survive, but to survive, but to come fully alive and connected with God, with ourselves, and with others. Does a certain color evoke a particular feeling for you? Do you have a song that reminds you of a special moment? I have a memory of a smell. The smell of freshly cooked jasmine rice, steamed in a bamboo steamer. I grew up in Indonesia and in my early childhood, I stayed in my grandma's house a lot while my parents were working. Around 6 p.m., after many hours of preparation, I would see steam coming out of her kitchen. The fragrance of the cooked rice and other food and spices would fill up her entire house. And it's like a call for everyone to gather and get ready for dinner. In the corner of my grandma's kitchen, she had a sunken floor tiled all around and it's about four by four feet wide, completed with a faucet and a drainage. This area was especially designed to cook rice, just rice. My grandma had 11 children, which also means many grandchildren, in-laws and extended family. So when I was about four or five years old, I remember the entire stacks of this rice cooking vessels as being almost as tall as I was. The story I just told you would be very hard to imagine without some specificity. It would evoke a different picture should I leave the seemingly non-essential details, like the word fragrant jasmine rice, child sunken floor, or descriptive dimension like four by four feet wide. The tabernacle of Moses, as it is also called the Tent of Meeting, is a portable sanctuary constructed by Moses as a place of worship for the Israelites during their period of wandering that preceded their arrival in the Promised Land. The book of Deuteronomy, Exodus, and Numbers are elaborated when it comes to the plan of the tabernacle and the rituals that should be followed by the Israelites and the priests. For example, make the tabernacle with ten curtains of finely twisted linen and blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, with cherubim woven into them by a skilled worker. All the curtains are to be the same size, 28 cubits long and 4 cubits wide. Join five of the curtains together, 
Make loops of the blue material along the edge of the end curtain. Set up the tabernacle on the first day of the first month. The Gersonite clans were to camp on the west, and they were responsible for the care of the tabernacle and the tent. Whenever the tabernacle is to move, the Levites are to take it down. Anyone else who approaches it is to be put to death. When we read these elaborate rules, it is easy to think, wow, why did God have to make it so difficult to approach Him? You do one thing wrong and, and you're out. My background is in architecture and design. And when people heard the word design, naturally they think, oh, you make things look pleasing, look beautiful. So over the years, people have said things like, I know what I want my house to look like, or my website, or my resume. I just need you to make it nice. And while designers work with aesthetic details, it actually is not what design is about. Design is the process of envisioning and planning the creation of objects or system with a specific purpose or intention. Therefore, the order, the location, the orientation, the specific materials and dimension, the relationship between each element in the design, even the instructions that come with them, need to be carefully considered and are significant to the purpose. Exodus 25 verse 8 says, Have the people of Israel built me a sanctuary, so I can dwell among them. The purpose of the tabernacle is for God to live among his people. It is his desire to remain for a time, to cultivate a connection. So with this intention in mind, let's explore the plan of the tabernacle together. The Ark of the Covenant is a gold-plated chest that contained the Ten Commandments, a scoop of manna, and Aaron's stuff. The Ark went wherever the people went, and when it was time to camp, it was kept inside the Holiest of Holy, the most sacred place in the tabernacle. Exodus 25 verse 22 says, I, God, will meet with you there and talk to you from above the atonement cover between the gold cherubim that hover over the Ark of the Covenant. From there, I will give you my commands for the people of Israel. So it seems safe to say that the Ark represents the presence of God and it is the heart of the tabernacle. But what about the items inside the ark? I wonder if they serve as a reminder, or perhaps a deliberate method of communication with future generations about who God is. I can imagine questions asked by young children about this mysterious chest inside the tent and the stories that were told by the grandpas and the grandmas about a God who delivered their ancestors out of slavery, led them through the desert, fed them through the wilderness, 
the table. The table was where the bread of presence was supposed to be put on at all times. I wonder if this represents God's provision for his people. I wonder if people made any connection when Jesus says, I am the bread of life, whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. The menorah. The menorah was a gold lampstand that stood inside the tabernacle. The light of the menorah points to the Feast of Tabernacles, which is a longing to a time when God's light would again dwell with his people. I wonder if this reminds you of the book of John, when it says the word for Jesus became flesh and made his dwelling among us. In him was the light of all mankind. And about the altar of incense, the Bible says, gather fragrant spices, resin droplets, mollusk shell and galbanum, and mix these fragrant spices with pure frankincense. Never use this formula to make this incense for yourself. I wonder if the specific aroma made people think of God, and that's why it was very restricted. I wonder if the people felt like their prayers were heard by God as they saw the smoke went up to the air. As a modern person with a more efficient way of thinking, it is easy to be dismissive and say, really, does this or that have to be plated with gold? Wouldn't it serve the same purpose if things were simplified a little bit? But as a fellow designer, I can relate and appreciate the beauty the symbolism, the colors, and the smells, the wonder and mystery that God uses as means of building a connection with us. To me, the tabernacle intrigues my sense of wonder. I can very much imagine it laid out almost like a treasure map for a lost humanity to return to God's presence. So, how can this ancient plan of this tent help us experience more of God today? How can we be more engaged and alive with our lives while getting more connected with God, others, and ourselves? Lucy Finborgo, the author of the book Spiritual Conversations with Children, wrote that children engage the world with all the dimensions of their persons, and therefore they also engage with God with all the dimensions of their person. A whole child's spiritual experience is one in which the body, the thoughts, the feelings, will, spirit, and social context come in contact with God and is experienced in two movements. The first one is the movement to recognize. Now, we hear a lot about how God unconditionally loves us 
and wants to be with us, but we don't always feel this. Our capacity to experience Him is at best limited. But like any relationship, the more we are able to perceive, accept, and recognize love, the more we feel love, and the more we want to love, which in turn cultivates a relationship. And this is something we can practice. One of the things we do with the children, and I believe we work for adults too, is to practice noticing moments of connection. We tell the children that imagination is a gift from God and is one way that God can speak to us. So, we write down our conversations with Jesus. We remember and make drawings of the times we feel seen and cared for. We also chat about how we can see, hear, and smell God in creation or nature. No details are too small or too mundane. We try to be open and flexible while affirming all the different ways that God has been loving us. The second is the movement to respond. When we told the story of the tabernacle for our preschoolers, we pitched an actual tent in the classroom. We did not use gold or any precious gems, but we did use the Blue River Kids tablecloth. We arranged the chairs and tables in the room. We stretched the tablecloth and clamped it down using some large clips. Then we placed several LED candles inside the tent and some frankincense in the bowl. Now, despite being kind of raggedy and lacking in so many ways, the children were excited. I remember having to crawl in and check in on a couple of kids because they enjoy their private time a little too much. So to experience God and life more fully in our lives, my suggestion is to use your time and space intentionally. Whether that is as simple as cutting off your phone and other distractions, actually lighting up some candles and saying your prayers. What about worshiping with music or maybe with your body? I have a friend who said that he feels most connected when he is in the water. So whenever he has a prayer or needs to hear from God, he would go paddling into the middle of the sea. As cumbersome and rigid the plan and the rules about the tabernacle might be, it was the beginning of a relationship forming journey between the invisible God and his people. The tabernacle was a precursor of Jesus, who was the embodiment of God among us. And later, as the relationship became more intimate, God pitches a tent in our hearts as the Holy Spirit. The tabernacle reveals a God who desires a relationship, a God who uses our language and visuals and engages, engages all of our senses and all the dimensions of our lives to connect with us.
So as we experience life more fully, we also get more connected to God. At River Kids, we end our story with some wondering question. So here are some questions I would like to leave you for today. How has your relationship with God changed as you journey on life's wilderness season, struggles and trials? Are there things that help you connect or feel more of God's presence in your life? What do you feel and think about a God who dwells in us? If you would like to chat and share your thoughts about this, I would love for you to join me in the discussion room. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy today's service.